Welcome to the show, the Chuck Shoot Podcast. I'm back. Back again. Doing a lot of interviews lately, been busy, so hopefully you guys are enjoying these episodes. I'm enjoying doing the interviews. Uh, today I got Mark Gus Scott. Uh, third time's a charm for Mark. He, uh, he's been on my show a couple times before. We had a good time. Check out those other uh, episodes if you haven't listened to those before. Uh, I think it's episode three, and then somewhere in the middle I interviewed him the second time. You could hear his whole life story, everything, you know, from going uh, and being in the band with Trickster, everything he's done. Uh, but today we t- mostly talk about what's going on with Trickster or I guess the lack of what's going on since nothing's really happening with that. So we try to get to the bottom of it, try to solve the problems. I don't know if we solved any problems. I don't know. Hopefully we didn't make it worse. Uh, I definitely tried to try to figure out what is the issue and how we can move forward for everybody. And again, I love to help out in any way that I can, mediate issues with the band if that's something that they'd be interested in. Um, but, you know, it's fun talking with him and catching up, and uh, hopefully something will come of this. And I'd just love to see Trickster get back together, So, as I'm sure a lot of people would. Uh, but if not, you know, maybe Mark can do some other projects, and that's exciting too. So enjoy this interview with Marcus Scott. Marcus Scott, welcome back to the show. Third time's a charm. So, how you doing? <laughs> Uh, Chuck, always great to see you, babe. How you been over there? Good, great. Yeah, Busy? gotta get some sunshine, man. It's beautiful out here. Oh yeah, it's nice. It's hot out. I was just in the pool. It's beautiful. Ah, come on, it's cool today. Yeah, like one hundred and two. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect swimming weather. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm gonna go for a swim after this. Oh, perfect. So, so last we uh, talked, you had, you know you had your new song with you. You had dedicated that to a woman. Um, did she find out that the song was about her? Did you, I thought I saw a picture of you with a girl on facebook so was that her or was this the individual i wrote it for i really have ceased contact with so i really can't offer any feedback as far as that's concerned but one would venture to speculate she's heard it so uh okay we'll leave it at that it's a (laughs) you know there's no cut and dry easy uh way to explain the story and i guess every relationship has its pitfalls but uh it's in the past now and moving forward you know we'll uh We'll just take things as it goes. Yeah. So, uh, and then you released a new song. The, uh, the, uh, it was like a, what do you call it? Power country version of Give It To Me Good? That is correct. Yeah. Uh, in honor of Trickster's 30th uh, anniversary, celebrating the release of our first record, our uh, number one MTV hit, Give It To Me Good. Uh, didn't seem like anybody else did anything. So I said, shoot, I think this is perfect. Why not? And I always saw it as somewhat of a country tune. And, uh, I said, well, you know, no one else is doing anything. I'm going to do something. And uh, that was the first thing that came to mind. I love the song. Uh, the opportunity as far as the celebration of the anniversary couldn't be more perfect. And uh, I tried to put a different kick in the butt on it. So uh, I really hope people like it. Yeah, no, it's good. Who played guitar on it? It was because there was some soloing on it. Was that you or was that Pete? No, I'm, no, I'm being honest with you, buddy. You know, I, I'll take credit for a lot. But playing guitar is something I will not take credit for. Mr. Lou Piccadacci. He's a good buddy of mine in the Phoenix area. Okay. He's got a studio, and uh, we have some fun together. And, man, he helped me out a bunch, particularly when it comes to guitar. I, I couldn't play like that. Not at yeah. all. No way. So Lou did a real fine job on that, big time. He'll be uh, he'll be involved with me moving forward in our live performance, too. Cool. Very, yeah, very cool. So, you know, I, I've been watching some uh, interviews with you recently, and I heard you talking about a restaurant 
that you owned. I didn't know that you owned a red. Was that here in Arizona or was that back in New Jersey? No, no, no. Back in New York, uh, Orange New- County, New York, uh, okay. just outside of Warwick, New York, uh, where I where I used to live. And uh, yeah, I had it for about six years. And I'll tell you what, it was kind of cool uh, for a while after Trickster. I was doing some consulting and uh, marketing with amusement parks and things like that. Worked for the Dave and Buster's Corporation. And I did very well for about three years. And the problem is when you do well, do well, do well, they expect you to do better the next time around. So after you do well for three years, I'm like, my God, I see what I got to what I gotta do to make my bonus on year four. Mm-hmm. I said, if I got to work that hard, I'm going to buy my own place. And that's exactly what I there did. There you go. Yeah. So, phooey, you know, I uh, bought a place and uh, it, it was really special. Uh, you know, I, I have no culinary experience whatsoever, really, except for eating. <laughs> and uh, But I, I know how to walk into a place that has four walls. And I can understand some basic principles about business, no matter what it is. And there's really only five ways of generating revenue. And this is really important. Number one, you got to learn to expand a client base. You got to increase the frequency which people visit the establishment or utilize your product or service. Uh, you got to increase the drop every time they come in. Got to streamline your operations to make sure you can maximize uh potential uh, revenue in the profit sense. And number five, and this one's really important. Again, I don't care if you own a restaurant, want to be a rock star, or you're just a garbage man. You got to have an X factor. The first rule of marketing is determining your place within the marketplace. And what is your unique selling proposition, your USP? What makes you so special? What makes Bon Jovi different from Def Leppard? And why do they each have a place within the marketplace? Yeah. So I think when you really get in tune with what you your business is all about, what you know, I hate to sound too business oriented, but it's kind of important and relates to why we're talking today. Yeah. Uh, when you really identify what those reasons are, why people like you and your business and or, you know, your band, what makes your band special? I think if you fail to capitalize on that or understand what that is, you are seriously operating at a deficiency without question. Hmm. So yeah. So let's talk about that's that's interesting. So you, I mean, I could tell you're a very business minded guy for sure. So is that what's going on with the within the band with Trickster? Is it just differences in how they view it as? Because it really is a business. I mean, the band is a business, and are you guys viewing it differently? You know, you know, I hate to say that, and I'll be honest with you. Particularly even starting off as a younger guy, I didn't want to work very hard to be. I, I couldn't be any more honest with that. I didn't want to be the leader. I did not want to assume the role of, uh, you know, taking charge of what was going on as far as the business and stuff like that. I wanted to rock and roll, have fun, kick butt, and as long as business taken care of, I really didn't really worry about very much. You know, we had great management. Everybody had his head on straight. So collectively, you know, we, we made decent decisions. But uh, I guess the thing that bothered me most uh, when I saw that there were some areas lacking as far as uh you know making right choices or any choices for that matter coming up with a plan you know uh it was kind of funny when we put this thing back together like oh you know we'll just uh put it together see what happens you know that was cool whatever yeah yeah. and as time went on yeah yeah, i mean we did very well yeah we kind of stepped in shit and for it was the second time in our lives that we had this opportunity to do something so amazing you know it truly was a second gift from god uh that's something very special so the idea of squandering it or screwing up the second time around, I felt that was somewhat unacceptable, you know. And if we're going to be a certain level, a national, international, you know, act, uh, whether you're having fun or not, I believe there's a certain way that ought to be presented. And if you screw with that, you cause harm to everybody. You know, you hurt the fans, the band. It, it, you know, it wasn't just directed towards me. 
it, it was the band as a whole, whether, you, you know, certain decisions were being made right or wrong, it affects everybody. And sometimes I think people fail to realize that and they fail to see what the potential truly is for everyone. So, you know, I could be lax and you see one thing, two things, I'm fine. When you see a standard operating procedure of how things are going and it really is detrimental to everyone, someone's got to speak up. Someone has to at least attempt to do something. And if nobody really wants to get on board with the idea, well, that's where you really start to have a train wreck. And uh, I think that's kind of what happened with us. Well, yeah. So you, you, you've mentioned this before that you guys had really good management uh, back in the early 90s. And, you know, they're the ones that the management's the one that, you know, steered you into the direction of the Blood, Sweat and Beers tour, which was awesome tour instead of opening for David Lee Roth, which also could have been cool. But that was a better decision to, to do Blood, Sweat and Beers. Um, so and do you guys just not have management at this time? Are you just managing yourselves? We do not have management. When we put it back together, we did not have management. We had an agent. Agent did well. Hmm. Uh, the uh, it, uh, People also have to understand what the respective jobs of a manager versus an agent might be. Agent's one that just contracts you for employment to get you gigs. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, the manager is basically like a fifth beetle. He, he's he's, he's an, you know part of the team. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is in everyone's best interest to create a strong brand, to have longevity, to play more shows, to make more money per show, other areas of opportunity. At the end of the day, you want the band to flourish mm-hmm. and you want it to last throughout the ages. That's in everybody's best interest. You know, now whether you have the desire to do that uh, or not, it, it, you know, that, that, that's a different story. But if a manager is going to be on board, a good one guides you to increase the things I've mentioned, you know, to, to at the end of the day, make a strong brand, a, a, a lifelong band. And that's something beautiful, you know, and there's different ways that I guess managers approach doing that. But the idea of not having someone with that outside perspective, uh, I mean, let's put it this way. You know, Bon Jovi has a manager. Kiss has a manager. The veterans of the world of any music genre, they typically have a manager. And there's a darn good reason why. You, you know what I mean? It's not that, oh, we, we know better. But maybe, you know, some people look at it differently. And I, I think, you know, particularly if you're going to have an international act that should be, you know, doing a, a, a better than minimum wage job, you know, you need management. Yeah. And so- I think that's really important. So you think that you guys should have a manager and then maybe some of your other bandmates do not want a manager just because they take another piece of the pie or. Uh, that, that, that pretty much is it. I mean, that might be a little quick cut and dry, but that's a basic concept. They, they, uh, some people fail to see the need for one or because they don't consider tricks to be a priority that we really shouldn't make extra expenditures where I think other people look at it differently in the sense that it's not just making an expenditure. One right move with a manager can exponentially help you generate revenue further more so than you would do on your own. So again, and, or let's put it another way. If maybe we did have a manager, Trickster might be together today. So there's, 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 you know, many different ways of looking at it. At the end of the day, there has to be a desire amongst everyone to have a unified vision of where we're going to go with this thing. You want to just play a few weekends a year, you know, that's great. But, uh, I don't, I don't, I, I think that's the biggest question that needs to be answered at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you said, you have different ideologies, uh, with the band. Uh, so what is, what is your dream scenario? Like you want to play 
50 shows a year or a hundred or what, what, what would be your dream scenario if you were in I charge? I wouldn't even put a number on it, man. Okay. I mean, you know what it is? Uh, first off, when you're dealing with other people, there's always some kind of, I don't want to say negotiation, but you know what I want, if it's over here and this guy wants over here, we're going to meet around here. You know, yeah, yeah. the idea is to come to an agreement with everybody that everybody's in tune with and digging, you know what I mean? So yeah, if I, if I wanted to go, and play 7,000 shows a year, and this guy wanted to do four, all right, so we'll play around, you know, 2,500. <laughs> but all kidding aside, you know, the, the idea, ideally, is to be happy, you know? Yeah. And at what point would everybody be happy? So, you know, but I, I mean, I don't want to get a bus and go out for three months at a clip or whatever. No, that, that's not my scenario. The one thing I do say, though, the way I look at it, at least on a calendar, there's 52 weekends out of a year. That's 52 opportunities to go have one hell of a goddamn party every week. Now, I'm not saying we do that, but if we're playing an average of 16 shows a year, I'd say there's a variable between what is possible and what the hell we're doing. So I think we need to exercise that variable a little bit harder, more in our favor. So, so I, I think that's got to be part of the discussion. So if you just did weekends, could you do, would, would that be like one show a weekend or could you do two or could you even do three? Could you do a Friday, Saturday night and a Sunday during First the off, day? What you, what you could do and what you should do and want to do can be three different things. Sure. All I'm saying is there's opportunities to play. Do we have to exercise all of them? Absolutely not. If you want to here, here's, here's an ideal scenario for you. What my dream scenario might be there you go man how about every other week two shows okay that sounds you know how about reasonable. every three weeks three shows you know plan it out in advance so if i'm landing in chicago i can run over here to buttfuck illinois and then right over there is indiana so we could do three shows and then hey, i'll see you in two weeks fellas bye-bye okay you know so, what i mean yeah now, so the idea of playing three shows in a 14-day period or even a three-week period come on man you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think if it's done strategically, now that's ideal. I'm saying it works that way all the time, but could it work that way? Yeah. Yeah, it could. Particularly when you plan things in advance and do it right. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it takes a desire, a focused vision amongst everyone. And even when you have it focused, it can be a challenge. Absolutely. But buddy, our first tour out, we did 13 months, 321 shows, pal. I'm not looking to do that, but you're telling me we couldn't play five times a month, four times a month. Come on with a world market to, to, to play to between Europe, Japan, uh, the far East prick in Yugoslavia, you know, the Czech Republic. I mean, I mean this place is to go. Okay. You know, that's not even it. So you're uh, in and not to yeah. mention, you know, so, some of the numbers make a lot of more sense when you go overseas as well. Sure. So you're in for more shows is, uh, is Pete not available only more shows, but smarter shows okay. too. You know, I think sometimes people were eager just to grab gigs for the sake of putting a gig on the run because it was more than they were going to make back home at the restaurant in New Jersey. You know, I think that, you know, that that you have to remove that from the quotient. We're dealing with an international brand here. You tarnish that. It's not going to be an international brand any longer. That's really sad. You know, so, you know, when I say management, it's someone to overview from an outside perspective, the right moves to make for your business. And I hate to sound so business mind. I mean, Honestly, I like going out there, kicking the shit out of the drums and having a great fucking time. But you know what? If I'm partying all day, the business is going to slip. Somebody's got to be on top of the thing. And I didn't want to be, but I certainly do not want this brand to be tarnished. 
I do not want this international brand to fall to pieces. You know, this is the thing I value most in life. And I love doing it with these guys. But when they didn't want to show up for a meeting, well, they can go fuck themselves. Yeah. So is that what they didn't show up for a meeting? You guys had a meeting well, scheduled? Just a meeting. I mean, I mean there's been, you know, it's really weird. When you see us in interviews and stuff like that, and you see the laughing and the teasing and the busting balls and having fun, that is 100% real. The one part you don't see is when someone says, hey, let's sit down and have a business talk. That ain't the demeanor. It's the kind of thing where people are leaving the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm. it's kind of cool in one sense that when we have fun, yeah, it's fucking genuine. It's great. We kick ass. And that's, I think that's the X factor of this band that we are real. You know, we were the kids that, we're stupid enough to put a rock band together and say, we're going we're gonna to make it big, man. And you know what? We fucking gave it a nice kick in the ass, you know? But when it came time to be responsible and really start making collective choices and, and you know, what everybody wants to do, have, even having that discussion, we haven't had that discussion in 13 years. So I think that's really interesting, you know? And it's sad, particularly because there's so much opportunity. And I think some people fail to see that or they don't care or they have other projects in mind that they prioritize. And you know what? If they want to, if somebody else wants to prioritize something else, that's America. That's life. You have the right to do that. But maybe tell your buddies about it, you know? Yeah. So, well, let's talk about Pete. So, so Pete has said, or at least they say that Pete has said uh, that he can't do much with Trickster because he has this day job. And you said, no, nah, I don't think that's 100% accurate. So could he still well, do the weekend shows? Job, I don't understand how it affects playing at night, but you know, I'll, I'll let you put the pieces together on that. Uh, Peter, Pete, Pete's the one that got me out to Arizona. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he and I were, were, were always very, very close. Uh, we remain very close to this day. I slept at his house last week uh, in a separate bed. Okay. Down. <laughs> but but no, I mean, all kidding aside, I think no matter what the situation is, if there is a desire to do something, the possibility exists to make something happen. I mean, heck, he's done it in the past, you know, uh, but I think that desire tends to fade when a certain problem precipitates or something like that. You see what I'm saying? So it's what is like, the what is the pro- so it's not Pete. So Pete's in is what you're saying. He could be in in the right situation. And I okay. believe that holds true for each one of the members. Okay. But if we don't even have a discussion as to what those parameters might be or, you know, how it's going to operate, then no, you know, we're not going to make any, any, any movement on it at all. There won't be any forward progression. Is there certain gigs that you've turned down because you feel like it's going to tarnish the brand, as you say? Funny, funny you bring that up. <laughs> okay. uh, there's a, you know, here, here, I'll, I'll offer some, some, uh, some, different schools of thought of how people approach, let's say being in a rock and roll band. Uh, there are some people that are of the opinion that all oh, things are tough. And this let's put COVID out of the conversation just for a moment. Sure. But there are people that would say even a few years ago, all oh, things are tough out there. We're lucky to get anything we can. Right. There's other people that think differently and I'll offer an example. Uh, there are some people that would say, wow, you know, we can be able to get the second gig. Yeah, we're going to take 40% off, but still it's better than you making nothing. So let's just take the gig. If you're so quick to take something like that, you fail to allow something else to happen. And I'll give you another illustration. Trickster broke up while well, we stopped playing, if you will. And you know what? Phone rang. More than once. Let's just start with one time. Phone rang. Guys, got the standard offer here. Want to play? Like, no, nah, you know, we're, we're not playing right now. So, okay, we'll tell them. Hang up two days later. 
Yeah, they up the offer 25%. What, what do you say, guys? You want to go for it? No, we're not going to do it. Okay, I'll tell them. Thanks. Two days later. Yeah, they want to go up another 25%. What do you say, fellas? You want to put it back together? Now, that's kind of interesting little thing by not even us doing anything, but more importantly, by us saying no, it offered an increase. Now, that's just one isolated incident. Then we had another one. And they were offering, I'm trying to give you accurate percentages here, uh, starting at approximately 50% over our regular price. And I hate to even talk money with rock and roll. I freaking hate it, but it's part of the business. You know, uh, opening offer starting at 50% over what we would normally get, and then also increasing it up to almost 100% more than what we'd normally get just because wow. we said we weren't going to play. Hmm. Now, you see what I'm trying to illustrate here is when you jump at little crumbs and people expect you to grab it, they're going to get you for the better part of what you're worth. You end up driving the dollar. You end up having the dollar slave to you. It's going to breed different results. And I don't care how tough you think things are out there. You're making them tougher on yourself by acting like a fucking idiot. So this is where a manager may come into play and politically do it the right way. Mm -hmm. You know, getting the band what they're worth as opposed to what you think they might be worth. Because on the inside, being a member of the band, you do not have that outside perspective that you really need to guide the ship properly. You know, the guy pumping the engines down to the Titanic isn't necessarily the right guy that ought to be steering the ship. You, you see what sure, I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best analogy, but I, th I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. here. And that's just one instance, pal, you know, uh, and there's different schools of thought to do a lot of different things. But if you're going to end up making the primary decisions for an international brand, it's a lot of responsibility to take on a lot of decisions to be made. And if you really aren't, uh, you don't have a clear idea of, 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 of where you want to go with this. I think it ends up hurting everybody. Hmm. Well, what did you do to piss PJ and Steve off? Cause Steve said, go fuck yourself from the bottom of my heart. PJ said, you're like a dog off the leash. Like, I don't even, was there something that did I miss an interview or was this behind the scenes stuff? No, you know, what's funny. The, uh, I, I know what they're referring to. And maybe one day we'll talk about that specifically, but things have been brewing for now. Mind you, I haven't talked to them or, you know, really addressed anything with them for three years. I think it's been a little over three years now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the idea that it's just coming out now, it's like, I find that interesting. So, and we're back. <laughs> it's like we had a commercial break. Sorry or about that. Oh, that's all right. I like it hot. I guess the phone doesn't. Sorry. Yeah. No, it looks more, uh, you look Give HD it a now. Looks good. All right. You were talking about what pissed them off so much. Yeah. So what, you know, you, you know what, what pissed them off, but you don't want to tell me. Well, it's not only that. It's just like, there was nothing recent at all. I don't understand why they didn't talk about something, you know, four years ago, three years ago when, when something might've happened, but now they're talking about it. And I haven't spoken to them in like three years. I find that kind of interesting, you know? And I'll be honest with you, I think we're really just angry at each other. We never had a problem in the band. We never had a problem with members being angry at each other. Or if we did, it lasted for a good 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, brothers can fight, you know, and we you know, have arguments. But to have a long-standing something, you know, that's almost equivalent to like my Jewish grandmother. And, you know, oh, my God. <laughs> it's a funny story. Uh, I had a grandmother lived down in Sarasota for a while. And she was friends with Paul Simon's mother. So mm -hmm. I'm like, well, no way. So uh, one day I go down to Florida to see grandma. I say, hey, grandma, I want to meet uh, Paul Simon's mom. She goes, I'm not talking to her. 
<laughs> they got into a fight and they don't talk any longer. <laughs> okay. So it's kind of funny the dynamics of people, you know, and how it can work. Uh, you know, I guess that's with everybody. At the end of the day, you know, it's got to, it comes down to a desire. No matter what any problem anybody has with anybody, if there's a desire to move forward and do something together, then that's what's got to prevail. And uh, we'll see what happens. Well, yeah, I mean, I hope that something happens. It sounds like you guys need some sort of third party, whether that be a manager or someone like myself. I was a counselor for 17 years. I'm happy to mediate any issues you guys have. I, I offer that to PJ as well. Sir. Yeah, yeah. So I got some qualifications, but I mean, any more somebody else that you guys all trust? I don't know, but I feel like there's got to be some sort of third party that needs to come, if if that's what you guys so desire. I mean, it sounds like uh, you know maybe the other members of the band are just not you know it's not their top priority right now. Like you said, they have other projects. I know Steve's in Tokyo Motor Fist. PJ's got a solo thing, and then PJ and Steve also play with Eric Martin, so they got other stuff going on. So I think that. It does sound like they do want to do Trickster, but they feel like it's, no, Pete doesn't want to do it. And then you guys are saying that, no, they don't want to do it. And so maybe just have a third party. And then if, if you come to a conclusion that you're not going to play, maybe that's the conclusion. But at least you have some sort of definitive answer. Well, other people have offered to be that third party in the past. And okay. some very good friends, some people we look up to, uh, people that we can't, that, that believe, truly believe, have our best interest and in, uh is it a necessity? No, I think it probably could help. But I also believe we're not 22 anymore. Uh, we, you know, I think we possess the wherewithal that if we really want to have a sit down or a phone conversation, so I think we can get through it without making it a complete shit show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. Again, that, that, that at the end of the day, no matter what situation, third party, not third party, somebody said this, somebody did that. If you have a desire to want to move forward and do something together, that's got to prevail over everything. So, yeah. So uh, I believe nothing is irreparable. So why have you not talked to Steve and uh, PJ in three years? Have you not reached? I mean, you must not have reached out to them, but they haven't reached out to you. Is there, did it end badly? What was the last thing you guys talked about? Why, why has there been a three year absence? I think there was, uh, yeah, I've said this before. Things were brewing, I think for a long time. And the more that you don't address a small problem becomes a bigger problem. And if it's an important something, I think it becomes a really big problem. And uh, I honestly, and I think Trickster was the king of that, not addressing things that we should, you know, because it was uncomfortable or who wants to do that? It's not fun. Or I believe a certain way. So I don't need to talk about it with anybody, you you know, that, that sort of thing. Uh, And it's bad for everybody. You know, I hate to say it, bad for everybody. There's no, there's no winner in the situation. So, would you, you know? be willing to sit down and talk either with a third party or without a third party? Would you be willing to work through these differences? I was trying to work through it before anything happened. While we were, while we were still playing, I'm open to it today. Yes, okay, the day before, next week. I, I don't care. Okay, but again, even before a conversation starts, I think we have to gauge everyone's seriousness towards towards this this sort of thing and what they really want to do it like you said those guys got a bunch of projects going on and if they prioritize that and you know feel that this is like really not worthy of my time then that's their god-given right i can't hold that against them i'll hold it against them if they don't want to talk about it you mm-hmm. know like when we were playing yeah and you know they had things going on didn't want to include somebody in the conversation 
or a, a couple of people in the conversation. You know, that I feel that's wrong, you know. And you give something like that a pass, and then something else happens. You know, it's like uh, it ends up becoming a standard operating procedure that is not good for anybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, am I over? I'm, dude, I'm the loosest cat. Maybe that was part of the problem, too. Maybe if I weren't so laid back all the time, that little problems would have ended as little problems instead of just blowing it off and saying, oh, whatever, it became a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. So I don't tend to absolve myself from wrongdoing. I don't attempt to paint myself into a picture like, I did everything right. I care about this more than anybody and everyone else is an asshole. No, that is not the case. Let me tell you something, pal. Sometimes I take an action and it was pretty decisive, harsh action and I can look really bad for doing it. You know? Admittedly so. But by the same token, you know, uh, I guess the future will will, will, will show, uh, you know, what's, what's up. And uh, at the end of the day, nobody's winning now. Nobody's. It's horrible. And it's a shame. And a lot of people want to see us. play. I want to see us play, you know, uh, and I, I, I hope my brothers, you know, feel similarly. And uh, we'll see. But again, like you said, people are doing other projects, other things. And we've been very fortunate. We had some great runs, man. We really have. And it's been the most special thing in our lives. Yeah. Uh, well, so, so I don't know how yeah. strong the desire is in everybody to do. Well, it sounds like, I mean, you, this has only been your, as far as I know, this is the only band you've ever done other than your solo stuff that you're working on right now. And that's your other project, I guess. But I mean, what would you think about in the meantime? I mean, would you be open or willing to to join another band? I saw a video of you. Somebody posted on Facebook and tagged you in it and it was you playing the drums and you, it was like, uh, I think you guys doing a Van Halen cover and I had never seen you just do like, it was just focused on you starting it out. And dude, you're kicking ass. I was like, why don't you need to, you have a gift. I mean, you're a good drummer. Why don't you do something else in the meantime? I mean, they know where you stand. You're willing you're doing, you know, you'll be willing to put trickster as a first priority, but why not start another, uh, side band? I know there's some other musicians in Arizona that, you know, they got nothing else going on. And so I don't know, is that a possibility? It's certainly a possibility. And I, I gotta tell you whether I'm doing solo stuff or not, and I'm singing out front, yeah, there is truly nothing I love more than beating the ever loving shit out of my drums playing rock and roll. And you're good I, at I it. Gotta, gotta tell you, that, you got a you gift. Know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I have some ideas of things on my own that I'm going to be pursuing. Uh, it's going to be a little different, but it's going to make the fucking impact. OK, I'm not going to waste my time on doing something like. Oh, that was nice. Next. Now, this this you know, I have an idea that's a little crazy. Uh and uh, it's exciting. Uh, and it's the kind of thing where, you know, if you're going to lead up a project, you know, if you lay down the law to do something, it gets done fast. And there's really no discussion about it. You can take input from people and have advisors and things. But, uh, you know, you know uh, but that being said, what would I prefer to do? I've said this from day one, even before when I was the lighting guy in Trickster uh, Raid at the time it was called. Right. Uh, you know, I know, I, I would, I, uh, Trickster is my priority. Trickster, I, there's nothing I love to do more than play drugs with Trickster, you know? So if ACDC asked me to play with them and I was champ with them on the road, it was killer. That might be a priority due to contractual reasons or something like mm-hmm. that and the, the scope of how huge something that would be. But you know what? My heart would always be with Trickster as a priority. And, uh, you know, so, so I, again, it comes down to desire on everybody's part. No one guy can make it happen. No one guy. 
No, you know? I, yeah, I mean, right. but it takes the commitment of all four guys to say, oh, let's do it. Now let's discuss how we're going to. Right. And that that's open to discussion. But everybody's got to want it. You got to want it. Yeah. And I, I so your stance is pretty clear. I mean, you want to do it. So but I'm just saying, like, you can't control whether it's Pete or Steve or PJ. I mean, you can't control three other guys. So we almost kind of have to wait until they're ready to turn around or if they want to. Somebody's got to take the first step and pick up the phone or whatever. But, you know, you got to have if you're not going to have a plan, then maybe the backup plan is you play drums with somebody else just to stay busy and keep your chops up. Because, like I said, I saw a video of you online. I was like, dude, you need to get out there and start playing the drums. I mean, keep your solo stuff, too. That's good. But, like, you got to start playing the drums again. I mean, you got a gift for that. Like, don't you don't you miss playing the drums? Well, I do play on occasion, but I don't play, yeah. I don't play out very much. You know, you should, uh, though. I keep the chops in shape, yeah. uh, but, but, uh, yeah, believe me, buddy, I'm not kidding with you. It's the most favorite. The, it, there's nothing more I like to do than play drums and play rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Particularly playing trickster music. Well, yeah. Cause but, like, a- uh, you know, the, the, again, I've got some side projects too, you know, that yeah, I'm doing it for sure. Uh, I don't know where things are going to go, but one thing's for sure. If someone wanted to have that conversation or express the desire and seeing if there might be a feasibility, I would make that a prayer. Yeah. Why, or why don't you just, you know, just to fuck around, you got, uh, what's his face? Lance Eric. He was in Bang Tango. He plays bass, lives in Arizona. I had dinner with him a few weeks ago. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan Ziff plays guitar for rap. Yeah, he lives in Arizona. Jordan and Pete a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Robert Mason. He's a singer. He lives in Arizona. Why don't the four of you guys get together? Big. I love Robert Mason. But he yeah. Does his own but there's a lot of cats. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's not even the question. Yeah. You know, there's a okay. lot of cats. There really are. You know, uh, but you know, there's another thing also, it's gotta be, it's gotta be really something. Cause when you play it on the level that trickster did, you know, it, it, it doing anything, you know, less than that can sometimes not get you off, so to speak. So I would be picky about who I did it with, but I'm open to, to, to guys in Arizona area. Absolutely. There's some real good talent out here, but again, right now, but, uh, we'll see, we'll see. Who knows? Dude, anything's possible. I can get a phone call tonight and say, yeah. Gus, come on down tomorrow. We're going to be jamming. Let's do that. And it could turn into the biggest project in the world. Right. Who knows? I'm open. I'm open yeah. to anything. I'm certainly not being negative. I don't want to say Well, nah. no, but I think I think it sounds like you're just really frustrated because you want Trickster to happen, but it's, you know, you, you don't, you're one guy out of four. So, I mean, if the other three don't want to make it happen or can't make it happen or whatever, or don't feel it's the right time or, you know, you may have no control over that. So, I mean, I think you should just be grateful for the time that you did have with trickster. I hope it's not the end of trickster because I really, well, I'm, I'm not a fan. Slitting my wrists over anything. <laughs> that's for sure. You know what I mean? No, 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 I mean, no, no. I'm, I'm yeah. fairly well adjusted. Yeah. You know, at times, you know, <laughs> right. But with I, a little help of alcohol. I get by, yeah. but I mean, let's get real. I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to end it all because if that trickster thing doesn't work out, I have no plan in life. No, no, that's no, no. Certain- anything i you know i i try to think in a complete opposite fashion that you know if things don't work out then you know like this whole when i did my christmas album you know why i did that because i had nothing fucking else to do while everyone else was doing all the ancillary projects mm-hmm. i did that with you song because it touched my heart but i didn't plan on releasing it as a single but i did because i had nothing else to fucking do and people tend to like and the press picked up on mm-hmm. uh, I did the 30th anniversary for trickster gave it to me good number one I love the song and nobody else wanted to do anything for the 30th anniversary of trickster it was back in May have you seen anything else from anybody on that fucking level 
I'm not hiding from anybody. I'm out all the time. You see me on, you know, yeah. playing parties and having a good time being silly and fucking riding bikes, you know. Uh, everybody's else's, everybody else's had it. Well, everybody, including myself, heads are, you know, have other things that they're tinkering. Sure. Uh, I'll say it again. Uh, what I would rather do, I want to play with Trickster. I think I've said that in about every interview I've done in the past. Absolutely. No, that's very clear. It's Uh, very clear. So, but one guy can't do it alone. And and the idea that band members don't have that feeling inside, I fail to believe that that just fails to exist within an individual that has done what we've done together. You know, it it would be sad to say that that's a fact, Uh, you know, so I'm not, I, I, I don't profess that that's, that that's the situation, but again, I don't know where these guys are at now mentally, you know, what they what the visions they got set for themselves and what they're cooking. For all I know, you know, Tokyo Motor Fist is going to open for Bon Jovi on the next European tour and more power to them if that's the case, you know, and if that's what you want to do. Let me tell you something. If Steve and PJ calls in, listen, we got a gig as the backing band for Sesame Street. They're making a fucking comeback. You're giving us ten billion dollars each and we're going to back them up at the romper room fucking puppet house. If that's what they want to do, guys, I love you. I wish we could do it, but I wish you the best. Go ahead. Can I get a backstage pass? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, you know, I, can, I won't hold truthful sentiment against anyone. Would I be disappointed? Yeah, probably be disappointed. Would I say, oh, that motherfucker. Uh, I can't believe you. No. You know, man, come on. We're an age now. We've done so much together. And if that's something you really want to do, then fucking great. But it'd be nice to let me know about it. You know? So, and I think that's a common courtesy, even amongst friends that aren't as good friends as we are, you know? So, again, number one, gauging desire in, and certainly in relation to what everybody else has got going on right now. You know? I think, uh, you know, there's... I don't want to speak. I don't want to put words in anybody else's mouth. But believe me when I tell you, sometimes a bad taste can develop in your mouth, and it changes what your view is the whole damn thing. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's happened with some people. You know, and uh, hey, it matters where we go from here. And you know, we're we're not people that have been affected by substance that it alters our freaking brain to the extent that we can't think straight. You, you know what I mean? We're pretty down to earth people. We're not complete morons. <laughs> No, I don't think you're morons. I think you got a great band. I hope you guys get back together. But ultimately, I'm saying, like, you know, you're one out of four. So, I mean, it seems like it's pretty clear where you stand. So where do you go from here? If you can't get Trickster back together, would you get another band? Are you going to focus on the solo stuff? Are you going to try to join another band? I mean, I just had a Ron Keel. I was interviewing him, and he had Steve Riley play drums on his first record. Steve Riley played on Keel. Then he played on Wasp. Then he went to LA Guns. I mean, what's to say you couldn't hop in with another band that's already established, like Firehouse? I mean, Firehouse has a drummer, but I'm saying like a band similar, Danger Danger, they've got a drummer, I'm sure, too. But, you know, a similar band that has an opening for whatever reason. Anything's a possibility without question, you know? It's without question. It's not like I'm, uh, at this point in time, I've got a fairly full plate. And uh, I'm happy, you know? Uh, COVID put a damper on a lot of shit. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think it hurt a lot of people, myself included, because I intended this uh, give it to me good thing to be substantially bigger than what 
you know, but right now there's no opportunity to really expand upon it, but it's slowly coming back. You were going to make a so, video uh, for it. Is that what it was? Oh, I don't remember now. We'll have to see. Okay. <laughs> what other projects? Yeah, I, honestly, yeah I, I was scheduled to make a video for it. Okay. It was supposed to be pretty fucking big uh, at bike week in Arizona in April, this past April. Yeah. Did I they move bike week? Is bike week happening now though? Or no? Still well, not. now it is. Okay. And I'm curious to see how it goes down. There's uh, some restrictions in place or something. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really know, but uh, again, we'll see what happens moving forward. But honestly, if I'm going to waste my time doing anything, I'd like to make an impact. Uh, not just put some half ass together. We do backyard barbecues. That's, that's really not what I'm looking to do. So I'm just we'll saying, see. but you could put your own thing together. I mean, you're so business minded. I mean, you could go out and reach out and grab these guys and say, Hey guys, you're going to be in my bin. Now it's going to be Gus's tricks or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you could put you your know, own thing the, together. The thing is this, and, and regardless if one has a business mind or not, comes down to the heart. You got to want to do it, man. Mm-hmm. You know, if you mm-hmm. have a vision to do something, you feel that strongly about it, and you want to employ your business sense to, to motivate it, then that's great. But it starts with the core element of desire. And I don't care if you want to plant flowers or you want to fucking start a rock and roll band. You, you know, you got to, you got to want to do it. You got to have that vision. Say, I think it should be just like this, you know? Well, and, you have uh, the desire. You have, and you got to, yeah. even if, if you want to be the leader of the band, you got to have people that are going to follow your leadership. You know what I yeah, mean? So, yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that come into play. Yeah. Well, I think you also have the desire for tricks or why not pick up the phone and call PJ or Steve and just try to hammer things out maybe individually with each of them. Maybe, you know, you know what? I've said this before. That's probably one thing where I have to assume responsibility for that. I've made no effort. You know what I mean? Quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't pass that buck to anybody but myself. I have to fess up to that. Yeah. Cool. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, dude, I don't profess to be a perfect angel. I certainly do not. By the same token, I also believe that any actions I might have taken weren't necessarily provoked. So I don't know. And it's all shit until you know you address it amongst ourselves and really see what, where everybody's head is at, where their hearts are at. You know, and I couldn't gauge that when we were fucking actively playing. That's fucked up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like well, I said, we would do those interviews. We'd laughing. We'd be having pillow fights and fucking being silly as shit. And then someone would say, dude, we got to talk about the fucking bag. Everybody's gone. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, it sounds like you might need a third party of some sort of manager or a friend or somebody or. Proctologist something. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what Hopefully kind of qualifications not. do you have, Chuck? Yeah. <laughs> Not that one. No. no. Gynecologist. That's the, no. I got, I got a CVS next door. Let me get some rubber gloves yeah. for you. Okay, dear tough guy. What do you say? A little Vaseline? I'm out Woo. for that. Yeah, Woo. no. I'm getting shivers. All right, man. Well, uh, I don't know. I feel like we're just talking in circles now. Is there anything else we should, you want to talk about or bring there up? There is or? one thing, and oh, there's great. one thing that we really haven't talked about, I think really needs to be talked about, and we keep sidestepping the issue. Okay. And maybe it's the real reason why Trickster is no longer together. Everybody knows who Mr. Pete Lauren is. Seems to be quiet in this situation. But the reason why Trickster is not together is because we were funded by an intelligence agency to hunt down Al-Qaeda. And it was right around the time that Osama <laughs> bin Laden was captured and killed that Trickster broke up. And I want you to offer, I'm going to offer some definitive proof as to what I'm talking about here today. This is Osama bin Laden. <laughs> Pete Lauren himself. He's nice. fighting in the mountains of Arizona. That's why I'm out here. 
Chuck, I can't lie to you any longer. It is this man that I'm hunting for. He's an enemy of America, a terrorist, <laughs> a sleeper cell of Al Qaeda. <laughs> Trickster will not play again yet until Osama bin Laden is caught <laughs> and castrated. Well, let's get him out then. Yeah. And we're going to blame the whole thing on him. He's the reason Trickster is no longer together. I want to make that clear. Okay. Well, that sounds clear this as day. This photograph was provided by Special Agent McAndrews of the FBI. Have you seen this man? Uh, Call 800 Trickster Rocks and give us your information. There is a $10 million reward for the arrest and capture of Osama Ben Laden. Seems legit. in the hills of Phoenix, Arizona. It sounds totally legit to me. I don't see any. Of course. Yes. Of course. Of course. Why are we here? All right, Mark. Uh, well, Support our truth. Yes, and uh, Hope for Kids International is your charity. We've mentioned it a couple times before on the podcast, so thanks so much. Chuck, thanks so much for everything. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the love. Yeah, all right. Take it easy. Well, there you have it. Mark uh, Scott, in his own words, uh, third time on my show. Definitely check out the first and second interviews I had with him if you haven't already. Uh, he's got some great stories in those, but uh, in his own words, this is uh, kind of what's going on with Trickster. Uh, doesn't sound good right now, but that's not to say that things couldn't get better very quickly, actually. Sounds like they just need to sit down and talk with each other, either just on the phone or all four of them together or all four with a mediator of some sorts, which again, I'm happy to do if they are so inclined. Uh, I do have those skills. Uh, but uh, I just hope that uh, everything gets worked out. And if uh, maybe if it's taking a break from Trickster for a while and they work on other projects, hey, that's a, that's okay too. But uh, wish them all the best. They're always welcome on my show. Any of the members, I think Steve and Peter Peter have not been on my show yet, so I'd love to have them on. Uh, make sure you follow Mark on uh, and Trickster on social media. Follow me as well. Subscribe to the podcast. Share it with everybody, and get write me a review if you're bored. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to shoot for the moon.